Um, I have a question. Would you guys consider yourselves my friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think this hat looks stupid forwards? Yes. Yeah, it looks better backwards. Like it looks really bad, right? It looks yeah. better backwards. I think, just, the, I think the brim is just too straight. Yeah, it looks better backwards. This is not good podcast. No, it's not. Is it, are we? Is it, are, oh, we're we're all yeah. we're rolling right now. We're recording right now. Right now. Yeah. Right now. <clears throat> I don't believe I you. Remember the first time I did this podcast with you? Uh, it's like a mini sode. Shit. Talking about Chris Paul and, and James Harden together on the Rockets. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember you being like, "Here's what we do." I just I start hitting record, and we just start recording. And you started recording, and you were like still talking to me. My blood pressure fucking spiked so fast. <laughs> I, I had no idea what I was doing. And some would argue, I still don't. <laughs> well, yeah. Finish my sentence. I wasn't going to say that. I like, say some would argue that you've gotten substantially better. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, I uh, I showed Jay already, but I'm I'm wearing the hat. Oh yeah, Bulls traveling cocaine circus, eighty four, eighty five. Top top five hat all time. Mm-hmm. It, it's incredible. I mean, it, it, it's inc- I, I like. I know that I I've brought it up multiple times, but like I love this fucking thing. It's, this hat is my pride and joy. For those of you listening, I am wearing a hat from a artist named Rod Benson. Uh, Z sorry on on Instagram he does a lot of NBA art uh, a lot of funky kind of art stuff he created a hat um, based on the first or first episode of the last dance while when the 1984 85 bulls were referred to as the traveling cocaine circus and the hat that I have on is the Chicago traveling cocaine circus 84 85 with the bulls logo on it a snapback he has it for sale on his store go to his instagram you can click through to his store you can buy it it's 30 bucks after you get it shipped dope as hell best hat i've ever owned i can attest to that i can attest to that i'm good with it i'm a fan um it's a great hat a wonderful non-spawn but shout to rod benson artist yeah way to go rod you're the man dude nice hat that you made with your hands, maybe. I hope. I hope you did. Um, it's going to get funny. We're going to get funnier. It's going to get funny. Shit's weird, man. Shit's weird. Weird times. People feeling weird. I'm feeling weird. Also, my allergies are starting to, ugh, they're starting to kick in. Fucking pollen and grass everywhere. Can Not I say great. this? If it's this time of year, and you're somebody that, you know, you know you get allergies... What the fuck are you doing if you don't just take an allergy? I take it. I take a vitamin every day and I take an allergy pill every day. Part of my routine. Pour some coffee, allergy pill, vitamin every day. <laughs> hmm. Where's the thing about? You know, it's, something to think know, about makes makes you think. Really, you know. I mean, my shit comes and goes. Today it's coming. Okay, it's right. Take it every day, right, bro. Right here, I feel it in this hmm. nostril. Ooh. You know what you know what they say. They start coming and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming. What else do they say? Um fed, well fed to the rules and, and you hit the ground running. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Sometimes they say, uh, I'm banging chicks and banging dudes, just depending on my mood. 
Oh, who said was that Jesus? Uh, yes, <laughs> the, that was indeed Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Tight, tight. Jesus knows what's up. Oh, he he said that um, shortly after uh, Abraham Lincoln said, "Don't believe everything you read on the internet." <laughs> <laughs> oh God, feels good to laugh. Um, I, know, I, I need a little bit of this, man. It's been yeah, not great. Yep. Well, let's get into it, guys. Uh, welcome back, y'all. This is NBA, the podcast that tries to talk about NBA shit. Mostly, we just talk a lot of shit. Um, and this week, we're going to talk about some real shit. We're going to talk about some real shit and then some other NBA shit. Uh, I'm your host, Jake Hilas. Um, No AKs today. Not feeling it. I'm Jake Hilas. Um, My brother from the West Coast. Introduce yourself, sir. Uh, I'm Nick Aquilas. I do have an AK. Sorry, I came up with one. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, that's perfect. Uh, Nick Aquilas, AKA. Hard shell, Stephen Curry. <laughs> That's trash. It's hilarious, but it's trash. <laughs> it's so good. I love it, but it's so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. So dumb. So dumb. It's so bad. It's so, so dumb. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Uh, my brethren with less melanin, uh, introduce yourself, sir. What's up? It's Tad, uh, aka Meta World Peace, aka the Panda's friend. <laughs> <laughs> Those are too good to be fake. They're just too good to be fake. Mm-hmm. I know. That's. I just. I. I. I mean, I knew we we're gonna talk about them. The other one I was gonna go with is uh, is an oldie but goodie of mine, which is uh, aka Mister Funky Jalen Brown. But uh, yeah, man, just Meta World Peace, like. Uh, yeah, like I should have gone with uh, Metal World Peace, aka the artist, or aka uh, the Panda's friend, aka the artist formerly formerly known as Ron Artest. The Artest, formerly known as Ron Artest. Well, because now his full name is Meta Ford Artest. It? Which, yeah, because he got married to uh, a woman whose last name is Ford, so he took her last name and then changed Peace. So he changed World to Ford. And changed peace back to our test. That, Kept meta though, but of course, I, can I ask you a cool name? He gets the joke. What? <laughs> I have. <laughs> I okay. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, and I think people are really reevaluating things that they do, ways that they feel, and ways that they think, or at least the people that I want to be friends with and know are doing those things, right? I will never take a woman's last name. I just won't. <laughs> I won't. I won't do it. No oh, hyphenating bullshit. I'm just not wow. doing it. Am I ignorant because I said that? Like, does that make me ignorant? Uh, can, what, is, what is the reason behind that? I, you know, I'm going to be honest. Not a great one. Just not how you do things. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, the kind of thinking that got us here, you monster. Now I can't say shit because, like, I don't even necessarily know that I want to get married. So, like, the whole name thing doesn't even really matter. But um, you know. for me, I wouldn't. I'd be like, you, you don't have to take my name. I could give a shit. But also, like, what if it's a really badass last name? You That's know? true. Like, what if it's better like, than Hall? Lord, Hall's see, pretty good. The. Uh... <sighs> The thing that I forgot I was going to say. Mm. <laughs> Great thing. The thing is, is I, I know it's true. What if her last I'm, name was I'm thing. aware that it's, I'm aware. It's not even, okay. My refusal to take her last name really isn't trash. 
But like my the fact that I feel so strongly about her taking mine is trash. <laughs> and I know it's trash. I know it. And I can't oh help it. And I, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think this is the worst thing. And like, am I going to like leave someone because they won't take my last name? No. Yeah. No. no. But like. Yeah, I truly yeah. could care less. But like at the, sa- at the same time, like. It's just that's that's as what I want, you know, and that's all that matters, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a monster, sir. Look, you're I know. I, I, here's the thing. I know it's trash. I know it. All you're right. At least I can admit it and and say that I know it's trash. But again, you know, I'm not gonna begrudge somebody that that won't do it. I here's my thing. Either you take mine, or you keep yours. No hyphenating bullshit. I hate that shit. None of that. You don't like the hyphens? I don't like the hyphenate. You don't, you don't no. like the 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 uh Maria Guadalupe, Maribel, Gutierrez, Sal- Salvadore, like Fernandez, <laughs> like you're just like, I, I, I always, John. Has always Johnson. baffled me. It's like yeah, like like Hispanic people either have like two names or seven. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, dude. I, I helped. I helped a customer. I had a customer the other day whose name was Christina De La Cruz Vasquez Perez Stone. It was like all on her fucking a thing, and I was just like, oh, "Fuck yourself." It's like, it's like it's like every standard like that's like every common mexican last name right that's like the smith johnson of like mexican last names i get truly mark i you know i very often do not remember customers names that i help but there are some names that i'm just like i will never forget like you want a porn apache wakefield <laughs> Um. Who else? You want a oh, porn? Is that what you said? You want a porn? You you is why you and then want a porn? All one word. Want a porn? Just See, that's it. I want to piggyback off that. Lauren's driver's ed teacher in high school. His name was Dick Porn, and his la- <laughs> his his wife's name was Catherine, but she went by Kitty. Oh God! Her name was Kitty Porn. That's terrible. Why would you do that? She went by Kitty her entire. She went by Kitty her entire life, and then she married this guy. Well, yeah, but that's like a Julia Gulia situation. You have to understand; <laughs> it's just not gonna work out. Oh my god! I honestly, like, here's the deal, man. Okay, like, if it was me, like, if I was on the other end, which, like, as I've clearly stated, I'm not taking anybody else's last name. But if it was me doing that, and like, I like your last name, it was just like it wasn't. It, it wasn't gonna sound right. Like, peace. Sorry, can't do it. Yeah, I'm not gonna have a funny sounding name. I'm just simply not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> oh God. Well, wait. Tell us more. Hold on. I cut Nikki off because I'm a jerk. Oh, Nikki, tell us more funny names. Florida Juice. <laughs> Juice is spelled J U S E. Oh, oh man, um, I was hoping it would be like J U one C E. No. Um. Oh, fun fact. One day I helped a woman out here um i was like can i get your id really quick and she was like yeah she gave it to me and i was like is this the right address to look up her account and she was just like um no but i highly doubt there's that many people with my name it's pretty uh unique and i was like all right what miss holly wood and i was just like your name's hollywood and she's like yes yes it is so i type in hollywood 
136 people are named Hollywood in California. I hate, I hate California. 136 different people are named Holly, last name, Wood. Okay. I now, take that back. I don't hate California. I hate LA. I hate that shit. Let me say this. They're not as bad, though, as the Midwest people that name their kid like Lakin and like fucking Jackson, J-A-X-O-N, shit like that. <laughs> fucking hillbillies. I like that name. Jackson, Jackson Jackson fucking drives a jacked up pickup truck with a Confederate flag in the back and says it's not hate, it's heritage. And he's from fucking Iowa, which never which fought on the north side in the fucking Civil War. <laughs> Jackson's a jackass. I think you and I knew two different types of Jacksons. The Jacksons that I knew grew up in very affluent homes, uh, and they were gonna go to Princeton. So different type <laughs> of Jackson. Oh, I pretty great. I once helped a customer. This was two days ago. Dude, one, you did Matt. it one one time, man. Honestly, impressive Name. you still have a job. That you helped one customer. <laughs> I helped a customer two days ago named Magic Johnson, but not that one. I was, I mean, that's, their that's legal name nice. was Magic Johnson. But the thing is, though, like if you name your kid Magic Johnson, you've done a disservice to your kid. Mm, because that oh. kid either has to be incredible or they're they're screwed yeah i also help i i help him all the time randall marsh oh yeah i watched the best of randy marsh clip on youtube today that's yep. so good every, and every time he leaves my my coworker goes bye randy bye randy because and then when he gets out the door he goes we love you randy make love to me randy and we just like oh. yell all of the random shit from there oh that sure the South Park. Uh, oh god I was gonna say something I don't even remember what it was I'll be honest dude didn't get that reference not a South Park guy South Park yeah oh, oh, you're, that sucks man South Park is, South Park is I, I will say this South Park has gotten to the point where they've gotten too woke and like they just really ham up this like everyone sucks kind of thing and it like just makes it's it's overly cynical and it, yeah. it, it's still funny but it's like guys you're not helping you're making things worse yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they don't really do much there. Interesting. Unfortunately. Interesting. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna turn the light on. So okay. cool. You guys keep talking. I'm just gonna you know actually rock a motel six. My, my microphone will reach far enough. I'm pretty sure. Ooh, look at that. Wow. So yeah, yeah, he's rocking a motel six. He's gonna keep oh. the light on for us. Damn Perfect. right, boy. You ever stayed in a Motel 6? I have one time. It wasn't great. I have also one time. It was uh, when I shit myself on a film set. I I did stay in a Motel 6 one time with a girl that I was dating. Uh, Yep. And it was one time and one time only. That was the only time we ever stayed. Well, er er er-e-er-e action there, huh? I don't know what you're referring to, sir. Welcome back, y'all. This is NBA. The podcast trying to talk about NBA shit. Mostly we just talk a lot of shit. (laughs) <laughs> that was 15 minutes before you did that we, we oh, just had a 15 minute 15, 15 minutes of fun and easy banter no we introduced ourselves and then we were coming up with like oh, that's AKs and we did already that's true, that's true. Um, let's start the podcast guys obviously there is uh, Wait, there's a uh, lot of shit going on did we not start? I mean we are podcasting yeah. that's a fair point let's start the content that we agreed upon two days ago when we did our production meeting Okay. Uh, That's right, folks. We do production meetings. Yeah, we're getting legit now. Mm-hmm. Um, we are trying. 
Also, make sure you check out the mini sale that we did earlier this week with Keith Parrish from Fast Break Breakfast. Talked about the Grit and Grind Grizzly. Very fun episode. Keith is the man. Fast Break Breakfast is also another awesome NBA podcast. Check those guys out. They're great. Um, Keith, John, and Chuck. Those are those are our dudes. Love those guys. Um, but in any case, um, we're going to start today's podcast talking about the current affairs that are all over America. Obviously, we are very much familiar with the protests that are going on throughout America, really throughout the world, um, uh, in relation to the murder of George Floyd in Minnesota. Uh, as of today, maybe late yesterday, I think it was, um, all four officers have been detained. Um, obviously, those officers still have to go to court and um, knock on wood that they, they don't beat the case. Um, but the charges have been uh, made and have gotten increasingly worse. Actually, uh, the officer who actually committed the murder has now been escalated to murder three. So, um, or two, two. Oh, I thought it was murder three. Murder okay, two. got it. it originally, three. was three. It went up to two. That's what it was. Thank you. I don't understand degrees of crime. Um, I'm like Michael Scott when he thought negative was a bad thing. That's how yeah. I am. With degrees. <laughs> I'm like first degree. No, 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 no. That's just got to be three, dude. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that shit works. Anywho, um. One beautiful thing that's come from this is, you know, as Tad had mentioned, and I think we're all, well, not I think, I know we're all on the same page and many of our listeners and many of our followers, many of our friends, people that we surround ourselves with are very much on the same page as it pertains to the issues that are affecting America um, and police brutality against black lives and black people. Um, now, the NBA is, of course, a very black-driven league um, and has always been a very player-driven league as well. Adam Silver has always been a commissioner that's very player-driven and very player-forward. And throughout this week, we've seen a lot of coaches come out and speak, Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr. We've seen players like Jalen Brown drive 15 hours to his home in Atlanta to protest with Malcolm Brogdon, Trey Young going back to Oklahoma protesting, Dirk Nowitzki in Dallas helping some of the protesters and also helping with some of the cleanup throughout the greater Dallas area. NBA players in all walks of lives coming out, speaking out on behalf of the issues. Um, guys, I, I, uh, I've had a really weird week as it pertains to all this stuff. I, uh, as the listeners know, and as Tad knows, you know, my, my brother and I are, that was poorly phrased sentence. We're brothers. Uh, we grew up in the same household raised by the same parents. Um, I and my brother were, historically raised to be seen not heard right and and we were always made aware of the fact that like being that we were puerto rican men growing up there were going to be instances where we were going to be discriminated against whether it be like outright or more subtly um but we were always told that like hey you're going to deal with that type of shit and you just got to keep your head down and like deal with it uh and just like don't uh don't mess with the status quo. Don't shake too many. Like even today I went with a, uh, on a walk with my mother and we were talking about it. And like, there was a couple of times where she like hushed me. Right. And this was like the household that we grew up in. So I've always had a really hard time um, speaking out about my feelings towards the issues. And um, this week in particular, I was uh, confronted with the need and the want to be better, to speak out more. Uh, and I, I think for me, it helped a lot to see these players that we all revere in our NBA fandom and, and we talk about NBA shit every week, seeing them taking advantage of their podiums, take, taking advantage of their stature in popular culture and going out there and fighting for the cause um, was really incredibly powerful. Anyways, I, I've been doing too much talking, but I'd like to turn it over to you. Nikki, you, you're in LA, so things are a little crazy over there. How are you feeling this week? Um, how, how are things over there? Uh, yeah, share, share your thoughts with the, with the podcast. Um, actually, uh, Bob and I had been talking about it a little bit, both of him, him and I both weirdly feel 
uh, hopeful because un- unlike Jay, I very, 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 very often am vocal and very often we're just told to, hey, hey, don't talk like that when it comes to stuff about like racism and capitalism because a lot of capitalistic things are built hand in hand with racism. Uh, so I've always been very vocal about it and Bob has too. We've constantly talked about it and we're constantly – very negative about the situations because for so long nothing would be happening and for for the first time in a very long time it feels like things are going to happen changes maybe not all the changes because i know this this was this is going to take forever but it's going to be a lot of uh, good things that are going to come from this also 100 here on out if you guys are listeners if you guys are not Black Lives Matter, pro black life stuff. You guys, Blue Lives Matters, you can get the fuck out. You don't ever have to listen to this. I do not care. You should not be watching the NBA and not being on the side of the Black Lives Matter movement. That is the last I have to say. Tad, you can go ahead. ACAB, fuck 12, fuck Donald Trump, all that. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I'm I, I, with you 100%. If there were good cops, uh, then there wouldn't be any bad cops. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I know that there are people that I know who. Uh, one of Lauren's good friends is dating a cop is about to have a child with this dude. Uh, Lauren's friend, uh, her sister and her sister's husband are police officers. And I'm sorry that those people are your family members, but I do not give a fuck. Fuck the police. They are the largest organized crime. They're the largest organization, like group of organized crime in this country. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and, and that, that's all it is. And here's the thing, man. I like realize I make a lot of jokes on this podcast about being the token white guy. And like, you know, that I do this with my two Puerto Rican friends. <laughs> and I just want to be very clear that like, I, I make a lot of those jokes, but like, I'm not unaware of the privilege that it, I have for being a, a white man who was born middle-class. Mm-hmm. Like quite frankly, the only way to win the genetic lottery better is to be born rich, a rich white man as opposed to a a middle-class white man. I'm not unaware of that. What I had been up until now sort of unaware of, or not even unaware of, but just not... I I don't know how to say that. I don't know how to say this. But, like, I never said anything. I said it to my friends who I knew weren't racist. Like, yeah, God, that's awful. Eric Garner? Yeah. Oh, fuck, man, that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Just, you know, Ahmaud Arbery? Fuck, man, that's awful. I'm going to go run the two miles for him. But mm-hmm. like, I have been, it's been very eye opening to the fact that like being quiet as a white person is just as bad. Yeah, frankly, it, yeah, it, being, it truly and being like being not being racist is not enough anymore. Anymore, right. like being mm-hmm. anti racist and vocally anti racist is like it's it's the flavor of the month like not even the flavor of the month like it's it's the it's the tone that this country needs to progress and move forward and continue yep. on. Uh, my 100%. hope right now is like the police officers got charged. Derek Chauvin yeah. got his uh, his charge escalated mm-hmm. or elevated, however you want to, whatever you want to say there. Uh, my hope and honestly, t- to some degree, concern is this is we didn't win. This isn't over. My brother no. got tear gassed protesting in Iowa City last night. My my yeah. white twenty three year twenty four year old brother got tear gassed peacefully protesting in Iowa City last night. Yeah. It's not over. They are the violent ones. They are the oppressors, and we have to continue to do things. Donate money. 
Donate your time. Post it on social media. There are there is no wrong way to be an activist. Yeah, amen. That is, that is, and when people are like, all you do is post shit. Fuck that. Post shit. Put it out there. Be vocal about it. Put that out to the people that follow you. I don't care if you have 10 followers. You're putting yeah. a message out into the world that says, I will not stand for this. You can do more, and you should do more than just post, but posting's a start. And if yeah. people tell you, you know, stop, tell them to fuck off. Yep. If people cut you, I lost 12 Twitter followers over the last week. I don't give two fucks. If you want to unfollow me on Twitter because of this, I don't want to know who you are anyway. Yep. It's frustrating. It's infuriating. I'm fucking sick of it. And I, here's the thing. Number one, I know I got to check my privilege. And number two, I also know that sometimes I have, I, I can be like what I call latently racist, like, and not intentionally. I don't do it. Be, you know, like I, I obviously I'm a huge NBA fan. I obviously love black people, right? Like that. I don't think I'm not going to sit here and do the, I have black friends thing. I do, but like, that's not what I'm sitting here. I'm I'm telling you, there have been times where I've seen somebody and I've judged them because of the color of their skin or thought a certain thing about them because of the color of their skin. And I understand that that is just as bad as anything else. And that is something that I realize I have got to stop doing. Yeah. It's not okay. What's what's interesting is I think that like, and Nikki, you posted this on your on your IG account today. Um, also, I did want to mention um, Marcus Thompson uh, wrote a really great article about Jalen Brown and his history and like activism um, mm-hmm. for the athletic. I would definitely recommend any of the subscribers out there check it out. It's a really good read about like uh, adv- uh, advocates and activists throughout professional sports in general, but like specifically yeah. about Jalen Brown. Um, really great read. I read it, read it this morning. But I, I think the other thing too is like um, we also like in the Latino and Latin Latinx like community suffer from a lot of the same type of shit like i currently have many uncles and cousins that are incredibly racist incredibly racist like it is very prevalent in the latino households in asian households like this is this is not a white thing this isn't this is an all of us thing and this is something Mm -hmm. like more more now more than ever like those of us who feel the way that we feel the way that the three of us has just explained like now is the time for us to and i struggled with this like what Tad just said really resonated with me because it was something that like I was struggling with because like I wasn't posting on social because I was like, well, me posting on social isn't doing shit. But then when I really took a second to like think about it and and conceptualize it, what you all need to understand is like to Tad's point, like sharing may not necessarily be as physically demanding as as protesting and actually being out on the streets. But what you're what you're what you're downplaying is the opportunity to bring awareness to somebody who maybe was a little bit less unaware than you at the time and maybe open their eyes. I got, I shared a video yesterday um, explaining um, uh, 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 racism, but like institutional racism in particular and some of the things that have led to institutional racism and the amount of people that reached out to me, thanking me for sharing this video, thanking me for opening their eye, opening their eyes to something that they themselves had never realized before. Like that, that made me feel a sense of, accomplishment and to task point like there is more to do like i myself am not really like the protesting type i'm more the donating type i just i just don't like big crowds like you're not gonna catch me at a fucking Lollapalooza. that ain't my shit like that's just not my that's just not my vibe right like that's just who, who i am as a person but like there's always more that we can be doing but recognize that like anything that you do now anything that you do to speak out against the travesties against any sort of police brutality and racism in any way, shape, or form is a positive. It's a net positive. It's what we need. And it's what this entire country needs to move forward, to progress, and to make like real, real change. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are many lanes that need to be occupied. 
Yep. There's not a right or wrong one unless, you know, you're on the opposite side, then you're just a jackass. Yeah. And if you're protesting, just understand, don't think about LeVar Ball. You you don't have to stay in your lane. You can do multiple lanes if you want to. Dude, you you want to go protest, do arts, donate stuff. If you want to become a senator or, or a mayor, some sort of politician, help. Just do what you can do. I donated some money. I went to one of the protests. Write letters. Letters to your congressman. Letters to your senator. If if your senator is a jackass Republican, I don't care. Call him fucking day and night. Call him until they unplug their phone because they fucking will because they don't want to hear from you. But call him nonstop. Write letters nonstop. I do not give a fuck. And fucking vote in November. I know that just voting is not going to solve every problem because there are a lot of people who have been in power for a long time who have done fucking nothing about this shit. But yep. we still, there is a, you got to move the, <coughs> you got to shift the paradigm at some point. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the first step should be getting that fucking fat racist motherfucker out of the fucking Oval Office. A hundred percent. I think the other thing that needs to be stated too, like, you know, we, we've said this already a couple times here. We're like, it's not enough to just not be racist. Like you, you, you have to be openly anti-racist, but even more so like, the the all lives matter folks or the drew drew breezes of the world to make comments like those under circumstances like this is so incredibly tone deaf and is completely ignorant of the true problem that's that's here right the people that are talking about the looting and all the rioters and what's going on i've been the first to say i don't necessarily agree with the looting but i understand it i don't disagree with the emotions that are behind it. I can't say that me myself that I would partake, but I get it. I understand it. Like there's a lot of shit going on wrapped around everything else. There's a pandemic. We're about to fucking like unemployment is at its highest rate ever. A hundred thousand people, a hundred thousand Americans have died. Like a lot of shit is happening right now. So the other thing is like the, the people out there that like feel the need to be like the all lives matter people. Like everybody said it. So I'm not saying anything new, like duh, fucking duh. Like, yeah, that's not that's not what we're saying. That's not the point. Right. I, I posted on my on my Instagram account today. Michael Shea had a really great rundown of this in his last stand up special, which was fucking fantastic. He was basically mm-hmm. saying, like, we can't even agree on Black Lives Matter. Like matter is so low. Oh, that stand up. It's fantastic. Right. Yeah. And he talks about like how he's like, he's like, well, how, how do we get lower? Black lives exist. That's what I'm saying. Like and like saying you, all you lives laugh, matter, like, but like you listen to it. And it's like, God, right. Damn. And it hits. It hits on everything. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, black, like shit happens in the black community. They're like, all right, guys, like, yeah, slavery, that was 400 years ago. And he was like, you know, oh, this guy got shooting. That was like four weeks ago. Like, you, you're still talking about that? It's just like 9-11 happened a couple years ago. Never forget. He's like, from now on, I'm just going to wear a shirt that says all buildings matter. Like, that shit killed me, by the way. <laughs> I saw, I, I tweeted this. I saw this tweet and I retweeted it that the cognitive dissonance here is astounding. This mm-hmm. person posted a photo. If you are anti-police... I'm blue family. Unfriend me. This person commented, blue lives matter. All jobs matter. What about the teachers, the mail carriers, garbage collectors? And this person responded, the person that posted it responded, right, but not all jobs are under attack right now. Oh my God. Are you fucking kidding me right now? I fucking hate people, man. God damn it. It's ridiculous. And all of like the bullshit racist ass statistics that they pull up, like that fucking 50%. I'm sure you've seen this by now. The 50%, they are like, oh, 50% of 
uh, deaths by cops are white people. I would like to say two things to that. One, then why would you still be okay with it? My God. Right. Like, okay. So that's, they kill white Come people on. too. That's better. Like, yeah, what? you're okay with it. You're like, oh, shut up. It's, it's fine. And also two, 70% of America is white. So right. if half of the Is people were getting 70%? shot, yeah, 13% are black. Oh, I know that. 13% of the population is black, and yet 24% of the black population gets shot and killed by the cops. That's nearly one in four black person. Think Actually, about that. That's really crazy. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, 50% every, like, like that's... But that's not that sounds crazy. But then you realize like the actual percentage of white people that are killed by cops, I think, is like 10 percent or some shit like that. I think even less than that. What if the cops just actually didn't kill anybody? What if the cops weren't militarized? What if we didn't sell military what if the cops grade didn't exist? What if there was more than seven weeks of training before they give you a gun and tell you to go murder minorities? Mm hmm. Hey, man, brothers. Well, um, I think it goes without saying. NBA is very much with Black Lives Matter, supports black lives, support black businesses. Um, if you have been following along with support Chicago Bars, we've taken a break from supporting Chicago Bars and we exclusively are supporting black organizations um, and black owned businesses, black owned restaurants. Um, if you donate to any of the black or- organizations that are on the website, uh, we are matching up to $6,000. Last I heard, we have raised $15,000. Um, for black organizations over the last week. So thank you for those of you who have supported. And for those of you who don't, there's still time. Um, and we greatly should, appreciate I it. Probably, I've donated to other things, but I should probably donate to that. So I will. Anything can help. All right, let's move on to some NBA topics. Shall we boys? Um, we, uh, one, one last thing. Fuck the police. Okay. We can keep going. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Noted. Um, now, we actually have topics we want to discuss today. A couple that are pretty recent. Some that we may have missed over the last couple of weeks. We just want to bring it up. Number one is, um, guys, it sounds like Tibbs is going to be the new coach of the New York Knicks. How do we feel? New York Tibbs. I, <laughs> new York Tibbs. I love that. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, the by new, the way, the I know, York, I know the we're new York, already. The New York Tibberbockers. Tibber. Yeah. Also, <laughs> also, yo, James Dolan, go fuck yourself, you piece of shit. Yeah, go fuck uh, yourself. I hope the Knicks never win another goddamn championship in the rest of their fucking history. You, you piece better of fucking shit. sell the team. Fucking idiot. Anywho, uh, Tibbs, uh, let's not forget to the listeners. Tibbs does have a winning record as a coach. Now, mm-hmm. it's very lopsided. His time in Chicago, he's the second winningest coach in Chicago Bulls history. He also had a very, very terrible experience. Terrible, terrible to run in Minnesota. However, he was on Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast recently and mentioned that he is looking exclusively for a coaching job. He wants nothing to do with basketball operations, GM roles, nothing like that, because it was very difficult to manage both roles, which like shocker, nobody's really been able to do it very well. Um, And thankfully, those positions are basically disappearing and going back to the people that actually know what the fuck they're doing and Mm -hmm. understand salary caps. Um, But in any case, I digress. Uh, Tibbs has an opportunity to, and it seems like all, all signs are pointing to him being the next new head coach, Leon Rose, who is now taking over as VP of basketball operations for the Knicks, who for a long time was a um, high-powered agent in the NBA and has a relationship with Tibbs, um, is looking pretty closely at bringing him in. Uh, do we think that Tibbs can have a net positive um, on the Knicks, at least in the however long he sticks around? Can I go first, Nikki? Go for it. No. Okay, your turn. <laughs> 
Elaborate. Elaborate. You can't. There, you can't save the Knicks. No, nobody it's can save the Knicks. It's a toxic organization from the top down. You can't. There's. You can't save the Knicks. Don't no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Don't do it. <laughs> I know Here's you. I, all I'm saying is, all I was gonna say was, saving is is a relative term, right? It's it's subjective depending on what your idea of success is. Now, New York is a different, it's a different animal, right? It's a different beast. Expectation is like, well, over the last 20 years, it's been like, please just, <laughs> it's, it's been but very low. Like New York wants, they, they want a championship you know, team. New York's been so bad. They couldn't even make the 22 team like list to come back. Well, let's, let's pump the we'll hold off for a second week. there. But I'm saying, I don't think, I don't think Tom Thibodeau is capable of winning a championship as a head coach. I also don't think Tom Thibodeau is capable of modernizing to the mo- like uh, adapting to the the modern game. I just don't. Um, I also seriously, genuinely wonder how pissed Taj Gibson is. <laughs> I was about to say congratulations to Taj. He's definitely going to stay on the Knicks now. Probably like and hell. Fucking <laughs> Christ! I can't get away from this guy. <laughs> it's like Kirk damn Heimer- it. Kirk Heinrich might get a new contract. Oh my god, poor Taj. He's gonna play. He's fucking thirty-seven. He's gonna play forty-two minutes a game. A poor guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Taj Gibson has somehow managed to play fifty-one minutes a game in a forty-eight. First, <laughs> first day of of NBA practice, Taj Gibson's like stretching, getting ready. All of a sudden, the door slowly opens. Just like, and he just hears ice. I've come back to finish what I've started. <laughs> and then Tosh Gibson's like, no. Where, you, you no, know, God. I, I'm going uh, to... St- I would like to say I still love tips. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm gonna, course, gonna, dude. Yeah, dude, fucking Bulls fans jerk the guy off like he's some sort of fucking messiah. My God, he won you 68% of his games or whatever the fuck it was. Did he won, win when it mattered? Sure didn't. Nope. I, I would argue that also, look, I'm a new Bulls fan, so like that stuff doesn't count. I do get Jordan, but I don't want the 2000s. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep the 2000s on our end. You can have the 2020s. Um, here's what I'll say. I, I'm somewhere in the middle because before between when he got fired by the Bulls and when he joined Minnesota, he did the same kind of thing that he's done over these last couple of years where he basically just like went on a road show and like learned from other coaches, learned about different systems. And he, Tibbs has always been a very studious NBA coach. Like throughout his history, like the dude is a, is a tape watching machine. Like that's all he does. He loves doing it. One of the big stories about Tibbs when he came to the Bulls was the Bulls had all this practice tape from the Jordan years. Like it was just in an archive. It was just like in the basement. Nobody even knew about it. <laughs> and he would just watch practice tape from the bulls and like take things from Phil and like take things from Michael and other and Scotty and all these different guys to like shape hit the way that he wanted his bulls team to play. Um, he's always been a very studious guy. He's going on another thing. However, he did that between Chicago and Minnesota. And when he went to Minnesota, it was more of the same. So I do agree with Tad, and like I'm curious to know if he's going to actually be able to change, adjust. I think the one thing that's on his side is he has a very, very, very young team who will be able to play 48 minutes a game. The thing so is, get ready, RJ but Barrett. does he have the veterans that are gonna get the that are gonna get the buy-in, like that are gonna get the young guys to buy? I just don't. I don't think it works. I don't think his. I, you know what? Maybe I'll be wrong, but I just ah no. The, I, I think the Knicks the are gonna thing, the Knicks are gonna win on average thirty four games during his tenure, and he'll be fired after three years. And and that's Write very possible. Write it down too, and you can check I'm, the tape later. But that's that's my answer. 
I'm more of the Mike D'Antoni had two bad stops after Phoenix and then ended up in Houston and it worked out. I'm more of the Tibbs is a good coach. He was in a really bad situation with a bad front office in Minnesota. And Mike, Mike D'Antoni got a generational superstar in Houston. Yeah, but he, yeah, he had a bad team, stop in LA. Yeah. That team sucked ass and was old and, and the got Knicks. hurt. And the what, who, who was on that? Who did they have? Nobody. Yeah. I mean, he had peak mellow and he had Amari. And let's not forget Lynn Sanity. He had peak he had peak mellow who had zero interest in doing anything other than playing isolation two jab steps dribble pull up basketball. That's fair. That's fair. And like going to bodegas. Did you guys see did you guys see what I posted in the chat on here? I haven't clicked on it now. It's gonna be my I new, yes. be my new my new Twitter avatar. Mm. Oh, it's boy. a Thibodeau face. I'm not I'm not looking forward to it. The thing is though, like I love the one you chose, but I can't believe you didn't choose this other one here. I'm gonna the show it to you guys. Smiley one, the weird smiley one that he did. No, no, he chose the weird smiley one. I'm talking about why is nobody why does no one want to look at this damn like photo of him pretty much jizzing as he looks up at the scoreboard. Oh, I, I know the photo. Just post it in the chat. Let me look at it. I know the photo. Yeah, he's just like, oh. Yeah. yeah. I can't even make the face. I love Tom Thibodeau. I don't care what anybody says. I love him. Uh, <laughs> he can do no wrong in my eyes. Um, yeah, I mean, Bulls fans love him. Like I, like, I have no doubt in my mind that you would give Tom Thibodeau a hand job if he requested one directly from you. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We all have people. I'd give JJ Redick a hand job. <laughs> no <laughs> question. All right. Well, as long as if, we all if, have our guy. I mean, I I, I understand. All right. I sent you guys. I sent that's, you guys my the yes, Tom Thibodeau the, O that's, face. That's the photo. That's the uh, when, you, very, when you nut, but she keeps sucking. Photo. That's the photo. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> aggressive one too, though. <laughs> Who was the woman that uh, it was supposedly he was dating? Uh, was true. Kate Upton, right? Who's Who dating? There was a thing that Tom Thibodeau went on a date with Kate Upton. Allegedly. No fucking way. Swear to Allegedly. God, you can Google that. Fucking Allegedly. Way. J- Are you Google serious? It. Tom Kate, Thibodeau Kate, went on a date with Kate, Kate Upton. Upton. It was fake. Kate Upton is in my is in my top five. Maybe top three. Yeah. I would also like to point out, in the article where I had learned that there was a thing where the two of them went out on a date, was the exact same article that I read where he used to, in when he was coaching college basketball, uh, eat frozen pizzas on the drive to the game. <laughs> he was just like, I got to hurry up, eat, and get back to work. Can, can, we, can we clarify? Was he cooking the frozen pizzas? Or was he just- <laughs> it didn't specify, so I don't know. <laughs> He's like, I don't have time to cook this. I got to I got work to do. Uh, and, 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 to be fair, he does love ice, so and uh, ice. it makes <laughs> he's got some sharp ass teeth, man. He's got some fucking chompers. I'm sure the guy can yeah, eat. He's a got chompers. Pizza, no problem. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, um, Tibbs, good Tad God wants you to fail, and good, we wish I don't you want him to fail. Way. I just think he's going. No, no, I don't good luck. Want him to fail. Good luck to him. I hope so. Actually, no, um, I don't want him to succeed because fuck James Dolan. That's fair. Also, yeah. like I think Leon Rose is probably way more. He, on paper, thus far, he looks like a guy who is way more capable of taking this team out of the doldrums of the NBA than their past regimes yeah. um, over the last 20 years, basically since Donnie Walsh left. Um, all right, let's move on to the topic that officially went into action today. Guys, the NBA is returning, you it's motherfuckers. Back. It's back. <laughs> we may have to cut this series short. 
but we'll revisit it in the summer. The NBA is returning. Um, we're not we're not back till July, brother. So well, yeah, I know, we that's time. yeah, but we fucking two thousand nine. We got till two thousand twenty to go. Um, we, got 10 years. we got ten episodes. Got ten episodes. episodes. Lot of episodes. Um, July thirty first is the expected return date. Um, August is when the NBA lottery will happen. The draft will happen in October. Um, shortly after the season has been completed. Now we talked about the different options that the what? you missed one first, uh, one I, last part. Oh, I, I wasn't saying that. I just I have a thought. So I'm sorry. You go ahead. Because you talk about one it. last thing, I, I want to talk about something I, I, like leading up to it. So go ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, the last announcement. No, you're good. You said that the draft was going to be in October. Yep. And they also announced that the NBA season would start up again about mid December mm, for yeah. the 2021 season. Yeah, right around like Christmas. And I actually think the draft is in September. But anyways, I think the season ends in October, which makes more yeah, sense. so it ends in October. In any case, last week we talked about all the different options that were out there for a return. 20 game Olympic style, World Cup style tournament, mm-hmm. 20 team uh, normal playoffs, 16 teams, reseeding, all the different options. And the NBA came back at 22. Uh, guys, uh, I guess before we get into the discussion, I want to just for the listeners who are unfamiliar with the terms. So here's how it's going to work 22 teams are going to be sent to Orlando. They will play eight games each. During that period, um, there will be a play-in game if and only if the eight and nine seed are four games or less apart in 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 total wins or from the eighth spot. Otherwise, the eighth that whoever is currently in the eighth spot will go into the playoffs. Um, if there is a uh, play-in game for the eighth spot, the ninth seed will have to win two games. Um, to move forward into the finals, whereas the eighth seed would have to uh, only win the one game. Um, okay. There's That's a lot cool. of stipulation on the schedule. Right now, it looks like some of the teams that were appearing to have a much more difficult schedule will actually have a much more competitive schedule, uh, a la the New York uh, New Orleans Pelicans, although their schedule not too competitive. And Memphis, who was slated to have the most difficult schedule um, towards the end of the season, now has a much easier schedule uh, because a lot of the teams that they were going to play um yeah they're not even they're not even gonna they, play they're no more so in any case um guys how do we feel about the nba's resolution to start the nba season uh tab you go first i just wish they'd have done the draft in june and just let those players come play on the teams that, that drafted them <laughs> that's all i want i want something i want something wild like I mean, this is this is interesting. Obviously, it's very different, but like, I just want something insane, like fantasy draft, redraft all the players that are eligible, <laughs> create different teams. Like, just go nuts. <laughs> Why not? Right? Just for one season. Is there an asterisk if you win the finals this season? Is there an asterisk? Mm-mm. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't think so either. And that was really weird. You guys made the same exact facial expression <laughs> when you said that. I don't think so. We're brothers. We're happy and we're singing and we're doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Anyway, I don't think so either. If anything, there should be like a gold star next to it. It's like th- these motherfuckers won the championship during the strangest of circumstances. The That's weirdest what I'm saying. year ever. Like, this is the opposite of an asterisk. Like it's just yeah. everything going on. There's there's COVID. There's the, if you there's, win, uh, you get two championships. <laughs> I'm my, saying. My favorite thing about this is that like 
Jay, you and I don't have to go back to work like in our office until f- September first. If we, if we even, if we even go back that soon. And I saw a post today that said they're playing the games like it's summer league. It's just all day long, motherfucker. If you think so my TV is leaving scared. the channel that has the basketball games on, you are so. I might buy another TV just to put it up so I can watch the games at the same time. It's gonna be like I'm Mark. So here. I'm gonna mount one. I'll put one next to the dude. My house in college, my roommate and I, we mounted, my two roommates and I, we mounted one TV, put one TV on a TV stand below it and had another TV on a, like a bookshelf in the corner. And during March Madness, it was the fucking tits, dude. We just watched all the games, just flip between so many games. We put on, we had NFL Sunday ticket. That's what I'm trying to do. That's how I'm trying to be. I'm trying to have a game, a game on in my office TV that's right here. I'm trying to have a game on in my living room TV, and I'm just going to be running between rooms. I'm like, oh, shit. What's going on? What's going on? I'm so excited. So excited. <laughs> I, if you follow me on Twitter, you have seen uh, recently, not so much, but pr- like like the last couple weeks, I was tweeting nonstop. I'm pretty sure I tweeted the words, fucking Christ, I need the NBA back more than once. <laughs> I tweeted that shit multiple times. I am so happy, so happy for basketball. I could honestly cry. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh, God. Wow. The format is great. It's going to be super interesting. It's going to be entertaining as hell. Like I'm not even I'm not even rooting for Orlando. I'm not rooting for Chicago. I'm not rooting for the Pelicans. I'm not rooting for the Lakers. I'm just rooting <laughs> for everybody to have a good time. <laughs> well, Nikki, how would you like to follow that up? Uh, I'm also very excited. I am, and it's it's kind of like the World Cup, but not a hundred percent what we were talking about. But I'm still happy that it's more than just the 16 teams. Uh, it's very funny to see how lopsided it is. West side, West side, Jesus, the hell, <laughs> West side versus the East side, uh, the Western Conference versus the Eastern Conference. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I was July like 31st. They're saying it's gonna start. Yeah, so I'm those actually training camps pretty soon. Yeah, I'm weirdly. I was more excited about the news that they were just saying fuck it and starting again in December because I was like, yeah, fuck it. We've had a long time off. They could just get back into it, and then they'll get a good vacation afterwards. But when let's get back into it. I'm very when excited. I when I saw the post from ESPN today. Mm-hmm. I like pretty much like just almost got an erection. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I just, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know. I didn't know how else to respond. Like it was, it was, I think like, obviously I'm joking about that, but like, honestly, let me say this. There's a lot of negativity in the world right now. This is some positive news. This feels good. This feels nice. It's exciting. It's good to get sports back. It's good to give people a little bit of something to look forward to. I know not everybody's an NBA fan. I understand that, but there are a lot of people who are. It's just a really great thing. I'm very excited yeah. for it. I'm very happy for it. I hope it all works out. I obviously, like I, you know, the big thing too is like player safety. Yes. All that good stuff. 100%. Still concerned about that. Want to make sure everybody's safe, everybody's healthy, those sorts of things. But like this is super great. Shouts to the players, shouts to the NBA, shouts to the NBA Board of Governors, everybody for figuring this out. I'm excited. I fucking love basketball. Mm-hmm. This is like, it's just great. It's great. Yeah, sure. I, th- I think it would be easy to like shit on it in some way, shape, or form. I think I think 22 is kind of a weird number, and there's like two teams in the East and four teams in the West, but this is not that. Everybody needs basketball, to Taz's point. 
I'm excited. I can't wait for the fucking NBA to come back. Yeah, um, likewise. Best sports league in the world. Now, we've talked about what's going on in the world today, but Nikki, I want to talk about what was going on in the world in 2009, 2010. So do me a favor, buddy. Take us there. Let's I don't go back. It, so uh, I'm just, I'm going to head out. No. <laughs> Sit. Yeah, you got it. June 19th, 2009. Sandra Bullock makes a proposal to Ryan Reynolds to pretend to marry her in order for her to stay in America in a movie filled with laughs and love. And after three straight seasons, it's a great movie. (laughs) And after three straight seasons of not making it to the finals, LeBron James makes a proposal to the Cleveland Cavaliers to get him better players in order to win a championship and stay in Cleveland. The Cavs heard him loud and clear, and on June 26, 2009, the Cavs traded Sasha Pavlovic, Sasha Pavlovic, I'm not going to say that right, Ben Wallace, Pavlovic, you swine. Thank you, Pavlovic. Ben Wallace, Cash, and a 2010 second-round pick that would become Dwayne Collins to the Phoenix Suns for 37-year-old Shaquille O'Neal in a move that was filled with laughs. The Cavs were the only team to get some help for their roster. Uh, July 8th, 2009, the Boston Celtics signed Rasheed Wallace. The Houston Rockets signed Trevor Ariza. And the Los Angeles Lakers signed Ron, yet to be meta, Artest. <laughs> September 10th, 2009, Allen Iverson signs with the Memphis Grizzlies, which would be his final season. After three games into the season, the Grizzlies would drop him. And then he would get picked up by the Sixers and play 25 more games. The 2009 NBA draft was known as the Blake Griffin draft. It was a no-doubter that the powerful dunks of the Oklahoma native would land him in L.A. But the biggest story of the draft was when Minnesota used the fifth pick in the draft to select point guard Ricky Rubio and then used the sixth pick to select point guard Johnny Flynn when they had the chance to draft Tyler Hansborough. (laughs) Also with the... (laughs) Also with the seventh pick, the Golden State Warriors selected hard shell Stephen Curry. You know, I'm not laughing at this time. (laughs) The top five in that draft were Blake Griffin, Hashim Tabit, James Harden, Tyreek Evans, Ricky Rubio. The other notable ones would be Steph Curry at seven, DeMar DeRozan at nine, Brandon Jennings at ten, uh, James Johnson, or as I accidentally wrote, Hames Johnson at 16, (laughs) We have Drew Holiday at 17, Ty Lawson at 18, Jeff Teague at 19, uh, Darren Collinson, 21, uh, Taj Gibson, who we were talking about earlier, 26th overall, DeAndre Carroll, 27th, 28th was Wayne Ellington, Dante Cunning. Oops, it switched it to DeAndre. Look at that. Thanks. (laughs) And I just read it. I wasn't even paying attention. You pronounced Amari like he pronounces Salmon. You idiot. I said DeAndre. Wayne Ellington, 28th. Dante Cunningham was 33. Uh, Jonas Jonas Jerebko was 39. Jody Meeks, 41. Patrick Beverly, 42. Danny Green, 46. And Patty Mills, 55th. Oh. That's a Salmon. Whole lot of people that got drafted. Salmon. 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 <laughs> I ate some bad ham. I got Salmonella. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Nicholas, thank you per usual. I'm Mm -hmm. honestly, Nikki, I'm upset that you did not mention that they drafted Ricky Rubio and then drafted Johnny Flynn. Or was it no? I did. You did? did. 
I did. Yeah, he was the sixth pick. I'll be honest. I tune you out when you do those things. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I can't believe I missed that. I was like paying. I was I was paying attention. I laughed at your jokes. Yeah, he yeah. Said they had the opportunity to tar- draft Tyler Hansbrough, and they didn't. Yeah, I know. I yelled psycho T. Um, when I was younger and much skinnier, and like hadn't you know my I hadn't like lived hard and fast. Yeah. Kind of looked like Tyler Hansbrough, not like uh, from a <laughs> build standpoint or like a Jay. That attempt to off Mike did nothing. <laughs> but like. From, not from a physical build or like a height or like athletic ability, but just in the general face region, we kind of I kind of looked like him. Mm-hmm, 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 not mm-hmm, anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, no. Tell you the truth, I don't know what Tyler Hansborough looks like. Also, fun fact: my RA in college, his name was Carl Dick. Super nice guy, not a dick at all, just his name. Uh, <laughs> he went to Lafayette High School in St. Louis, or in the St. Louis suburbs, and they played Tyler Hansborough in high. Like when he was in high school, they played against him. And he, Tyler Hansbrough, some of you may not know, scored a 14 on his ACTs. So he would have qualified to be, be a police officer in pretty much every precinct. Uh, <laughs> but the, the first play of the game, he caught the ball at the top of the key and the Lafayette student section started chanting 14, 14. Uh, apparently he took two dribbles down the paint and uh, like slammed the ball home with two hands and they were just like uh yeah and then he went off for like 40 <laughs> yeah 14 going on 40 you don't have Damn. to be good at school when you can dunk yo we ain't come um, here to play school shout out cardell jones who did go back and get his degree boy, cardell. <laughs> buddy. um let's talk about this draft obviously coming into this draft blake griffin was the bell of the ball. You know, he comes into this draft, his sophomore season in Oklahoma. A lot of people thought that he was going to leave after his freshman season um, at Oklahoma. He had a really good freshman season. Wasn't really like, it was highly like, was a McDonald's all American was definitely lower down the list though, in terms of high school players out of his class. He was a part of the James Harden, uh, Derek Rose, Michael Beasley class, but comes in his sophomore year is the great, is the best player in college basketball is so fun to watch. Incredibly athletic, like just unstoppable in college comes into this draft as the surefire clear number one overall pick. Um, and I, look, the Clippers made the right choice at the time, right? Yeah. In, in retrospect, like if you redrafted this draft, he definitely doesn't go first, but he definitely goes like, top three. I don't see how you don't Probably. pick top yeah. three. I mean, if you look at his career, the number of all NBAs, the all-star appearances, like there was a period in the early 2010s where you could argue that Blake Griffin was a top five player in the NBA. It was a short period, but there was like a two year period there where he was like a top five player in the NBA. About 13, 2013, 2014, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Early in his career, like one something, of the, definitely one of the top 10 players. And at one point, one of the top five players in the NBA, uh, something very funny. While I was doing research, I found an article from 2015 about if they were to redraft this, it was some sort of like small, um, place but they had first place they had blake griffin because they're like he's had such a great season career yeah and and they're all saying all the stuff great about him getting that outside shot second place was james harden third place was steph curry and they said he's had a pretty good career so far but he's kind of injury and we'll see what he can do next season we'll talk about it next year but like (laughs) he or no we'll talk about it in a few seasons from now i'm talking about 2015 but it's it would be the 70 the 73 in i don't know 73 and 9, right? Correct. Yes, thank you. Yeah, 73 and 9. Math is yeah, hard, sorry. brother. It's 82 really games. Is. Just subtract 9 Very, from 82. It really is. You work at a bank. Oh, my God. Yeah, shit, man. People uh, trust you with their money. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm usually good at, at, at uh, counting. No, it is really interesting and though, Nikki. Like the point that you make is like the stuff. Like Steph, Stephen and James Harden had like very late, late, later starts to their like stardom than Blake yeah. Griffin, who like right out the gates, like obviously did not play his rookie season because he had microfracture surgery, which mm-hmm. a lot of people were concerned because that was the same surgery that plagued Greg Oden a couple seasons prior. Um, yeah. and, and Amari Stoudemire for him, and Andre Amari Stoudemire. Yeah. Yeah, so like that was a concern to people, but you know, the following year he comes in as a rookie in his sophomore season and just comes out, makes the all-star team, 20 points per game, almost 10 rebounds a game, dunking on everybody, basically nearly ended t- uh, Team of A Mozgov's career. Uh, yeah. was really fun early on. Um is know, for a while. So is Steph Curry Steph Curry number one? We redraft? In this draft? Yeah. One hundred percent. Over Harden? Yeah. Yeah. First I, don't know. A, I, don't know. I don't know if it's a hundred percent. It's close. I wouldn't say, it, I wouldn't say it's like a, I don't think, I don't think he runs away with it. I don't know. If that's a unanimous. Yeah. But I think if I'm given the choice between Steph Curry and James Harden to start, let's, let's just do like the start your franchise thing. And this is the crop of players. I'm taking Steph Curry. Number one, he changed the game. He's one of the most efficient players in NBA history. And he's an incredible playmaker, which yeah. is different than how James Harden plays. Um, and I think it's more valuable than the way that James Harden plays. Steph moves without the ball. He's not a good defender, but neither is James Harden. But he does things within the scheme of an offense that make your team better. And James Harden, like you need to build the offense for James Harden. And and yeah. that, mm-hmm. I think, is the main thing. I uh, say, I mean, I, I take Steph Curry, too. I just wanted to say, like, I just, I don't. I don't know if it's hundred percent like that. Like, you know. no, I think I think James Harden's done a great job, and I truly think that Steph Curry, Steph Curry is one of the top five points. Steph Curry is a transcendent player. Yeah, James He's Harden, an amazing is not. player. I I think if you redraft it, it goes Steph Harden, Blake. Then I'll go Demar, and then I'm gonna go Drew Holiday. I think that's my fifth pick. Um, I should probably be looking. At, I should probably be looking at the draft, huh? <laughs> I think no, it makes, probably very. I think it makes the most sense. What's really interesting is, you know, what strengthens Tad's argument is like, in terms of like win shares for this draft, like James is James is number one. Like, you know, he played on some good Thunder teams mm-hmm. to start, so that definitely helped. But like, his win shares are one thirty three point three, and Steph is one hundred three point two, and then right behind him is Blake Griffin with seventy five point two. So like, you know, this is a pretty good draft. Like, this is a pretty good draft, and I, I do want to. I do want to mention too, like I have, I've mentioned on a few podcasts. I've been listening to up and smoke. I really like their podcast. And I would say every other guy who's been on their podcast, when asked who's the most underrated player in the NBA today says drew holiday. And the explanation is he is Patrick Beverly on defense. He just doesn't talk. And he also puts up 19 a game. Like he is one of the most, if not the most underrated player in the NBA. And I know we've had this conversation before, but he is, yeah. he is a, he's had a That's really, great. really good career uh, in the NBA. And, Largely an when, under, when under he's healthy, he's only had one bad season. His wife had like a terminal illness. Like people always uh, talk about. I guess that's true. Well, she was, she know, she's she's still alive, is she not? Uh, yeah. Well, she, she had to have not. a surgery on her brain. Yeah, so right. But she wasn't. It was yeah. Okay. I, I was like, hold, hold on. Oh, yeah. yeah. She had a brain. Yeah. She had a brain tumor, and she had a very difficult recovery. Hmm. Sad. But he is a very good player, and I I thought I don't know why I thought he also had injuries. Well, God damn, there is some there is some wasted potential in this draft, man. So much. Like yeah. I think the the guy that we'll talk about next is Brandon Jennings, who 
coming into this draft, I was very high on him. So he was the first player. A lot of people maybe don't remember this. He was the first player to exercise the option to actually play internationally and then Mm. come into the draft. He chose out of high school, out of Oak Hill Academy, to forego going to Arizona, which at the time they had fired Lute Olsen. So like he was kind of in this weird tweener space where it was like, do I go? I committed to this coach. He's not there anymore. So he decided to go to play in in Italy. And he, he didn't play a lot. Like it was a competitive league and he didn't play a lot. And I think that hurt his draft stock coming into this draft. But I was always a huge fan of his. I watched him play in high school on ESPN and like five games into his rookie season, he drops 55 and I'm like, well, I'm a genius. <laughs> um, turns out I was not. <laughs> Dude, that, that, that game was such a fluke, man. Like, and if, if you, I thought Brandon Jennings was dope as hell. Cause I was a freshman in college this year. God. Oh boy. Okay. All right. I'm good. I'm good. But I was a freshman in college that year. And like, I thought Brandon Jennings was dope as hell. But like, if you didn't realize that like that game was a fluke and that like he wasn't really that good, like, I don't know what to tell you. Not to mention, like, how much of his development was stunted by sharing a backcourt with Monte Ellis? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, and then when it comes, when it comes from playing both ends, defending, scoring, Monte Ellis have it all. Well, and he goes <laughs> he goes to Detroit, and he's basically f- like forced to share a backcourt with Reggie Jackson, and like I think he might have been there temporarily when Ben Gordon was there. Like he just had a really weird, hey, a weird career. He played man. in Orlando, and he sucked ass. That's, yeah, he was bad in Orlando, and then he tried to like have one more stint with the Knicks. We traded Tobias other- Harris for him and that Ursan Ilyasova character, and oh, they Ooh, yeah. fucking suck. Where Tobias Harris at now? I'll tell you where. He's making $134 million a year, scoring 23 points a game, grabbing six boards. God damn. If he's getting six boards. Somebody fact check that. Somebody, somebody fact check that. Uh yeah, I mean he he was he was solid in in Milwaukee. He was just really inefficient. Like, you know, 30, he was like 35% from three. Tobias Harris scored 19 points a game this season and averaged seven rebounds. So I was off in the points, but the rebounds I was close. <laughs> boy yeah i mean like i had a lot of high hopes for him i had a lot of high hopes for i had a lot of high hopes for johnny flynn like that was another guy coming out of college where i was like this dude's a fucking baller he was a guy who had major injury issues and like he, and his, 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 his were his were just career enders that's yeah, a big like thing yeah there, there are a lot of guys in this draft who were legitimate contributors i mean like omri caspi was a contributor mm-hmm. for a while. Taj Gibson, obviously, still in the league. Damari Carroll's had some good seasons. Wayne Ellington uh, has like not been, he's, you know, he's not great, but like Dwan Blair had a solid. He had a brief career, but a pretty solid one. Jody Meeks had a few good seasons. Marcus Thornton, Chase Budinger, uh, Danny Green, obviously at forty six. Like there yep. are there are some Patty Mills. I mean, at, at fifty five, like there are some yeah. like legitimately good like role players in here. Eric Maynard had a decent career. wasn't again wasn't that long but then i look at guys like austin day and terrence williams and earl clark (laughs) and i'm just like i'm like motherfuckers you guys had so much talent how are you not better i forgot about austin day he was like tall light-skinned dude from gonzaga Gonzaga. yeah yeah man the other guy in this draft oh go ahead nikki I was, I was think I think that was the point in time that I I like liked the Gonzaga the most was around this right around two thousand nine. I was like they're a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, from, um, from about from about two thousand four ish to about two thousand ten or eleven. Yeah, like everybody loved Gonzaga. 
Yeah, they were really good. I, I caught Gonzaga right at the tail end. I was right at the end. I watched them all the way till they failed. I mean, they're still um, good. They, they were in. They they're were just, in the they, but they were. They were like kind of. They were like that lovable team, though. You know what I mean? They're yeah, like, yeah. Ah, like they're kind of underdogs. Like you root for them, and like, yeah, you know. True. But uh, now they're just like a, you know a powerhouse, a good team. Yeah. yeah. Well, now yeah, like now they're getting like top ten recruits to con- exactly. You know, so it's just different. The other guy that was in this draft that was like hotly, hotly debated. Um, coming into this draft because he starred in the 2008 Olympics was Ricky Rubio. Um, obviously was a guy who played in the Spanish league for, um, I think he played for, did he play for Real Madrid? No, he played for Barcelona. Barcelona he played for Barcelona yeah. and uh, was a hotly, like a, a lot of people were hot after him. Um, he comes out into this draft when he's 19. Um, everybody was looking at him in the Olympics and he played really well against a very, very good USA team. Um, and he just never figured it out, man. Like nope. Ricky Rubio just never Didn't get that shot. Ricky Rubio was my shot. choice. I'm Ricky Rubio was the guy for. What me. do you mean, Ricky I mean, Rubio? Never, Ricky Rubio player. never figured it out. What the fuck are you talking about? He can't shoot. That's he his never, big problem. He never he's a, justified he's that top five pick. Yeah, he's an amazing, amazing passer, and he does play good defense. Ricky Rubio just, is a has a had had a roughly ten year career in which he averages 11 points and eight assists a game while also averaging two plus steals per season. I would argue, yeah, he can't shoot. He's horribly inefficient a Terrible shooter. from, for, uh, from a scoring perspective, but Ricky Rubio is a good player. I'm not saying he's not a good player. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah no, I'm saying I see like with the top five and the way that he had played against exactly. the U S in the Olympics, that is what made you think to yourself, that guy could be yeah. like a Steph Curry, you. but he couldn't shoot for shit. Is he the did problem. not meet expectations the Mm -hmm. expectations were incredibly high and as a top five pick like and it doesn't help that you're in the same draft as Stephen curry and you were more hotly uh uh sought after than steph curry coming to this into this draft i want to say this ricky rubio i did not understand the fascination uh, it's the passes. It's flashy yeah, passes. I love he, he was a good playmaker. He was his basketball IQ was out the roof, and it still is. Like this year with Phoenix, he made that team so much better than they. Oh, were. Yes, yeah. he does. He he does. does. I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but like his stats, I, I remember as like a Euro leaguer, they weren't that good. Like his best season in Euro in the Euro league, he averaged ten points and six assists a game. His best season. Let's also remember that he was like what seventeen when that yeah, happened. Nineteen, kid. Nineteen. Okay. That's it. But that's but that's point- what I'm saying though. Like <clears throat> he was averaging like five points and like five assists a game. He was playing like nineteen, twenty. I just, I there was so much hype about him. And honestly, frankly, like Ricky Rubio is one of those guys along with like Rudy Fernandez and a, a handful of others. A fucking uh, what's that jackass at Orlando drafted? He's not a jackass. He's a nice guy. Mario Hazonia. Like, dude, these are the guys that like you see. Like Mario Hazonia averaged like five points a game in his Euroleague team. And yeah. it's like, what is the fascination with these guys? Like Rudy Fernandez never man. couldn't couldn't stick. Like there's so many of these guys, and it's what, what I'm getting to a point. It's what made people so weary about Luca. Like Luca, yeah. was like the MVP was like roasting fools in Euroleague. But like I'm like mm, another Rudy Fernandez uh, might be another Rudy Fernandez. And the thing is, like yes, see. like you watch him and you're like he's so fucking talented. But like, how yeah. do you know? So I never understood the yeah. fascination with him. Like I thought Jeff Teague was better. I thought Drew Holiday, who was averaging eight points a game at UCLA. Drew Holiday, when he declared, I was like, "What a dumbass!" Well, clearly, do great, <laughs> good for him. Uh, I just, you know, but like, 
it, it's a weird there's a lot of there's a lot of random players in this draft. One other guy I want to just mention real quick, honorable mention, Roddy Boubois from France. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Roddy. Dude, he there name. were so many flashes, man. So many flashes, you're like, dude, this guy is legit. Just could never put it together. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't put it together. Couldn't, I think a big reason I loved I think a big reason I loved Ricky Rubio was because of like the flashy passes and like sort of the way he moved on the court. I also had a friend in college who absolutely fucking loved Ricky Rubio. Every single year he was like, This is the year he's gonna fucking turn it on, man. This is the year he's gonna turn on this is the year. This is the year he takes that next step and never fucking happened. Um, so we, we brought this up a little bit earlier, but I do, we have a fun little game that we want to play here. Also just really quickly, um, Brandon Jennings shot 62% from the field in that 55 point game. Um, and 88% from three. (laughs) Um, Nikki, we gave you a homework assignment. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you tell the listeners what your homework assignment is? My homework assignment was to look up uh, games in which players scored at least 50 points uh, and since the 1980-81 season until now. And now I'm going to quiz Jay and Tad on random fucking stats that have to do with uh, um, people who have scored 50 points. I think what makes the most sense is let's just, between Tad and I, see how many of them we can get. Um, and if what we... Once, we're starting like, in, make this like a quiz. Starting starting in the eighties. Yeah, we're just gonna name. We're gonna just fucking name names, and you're gonna tell us if we got them or not. Oh shit, that's way different than what I had planned on doing. Okay, hold what, on. What were you gonna do? I was gonna ask you guys questions purely based off stats with those 50 people who scored fifty points or more. But there's like two hundred people in the NBA who yeah, scored a lot fifty of them. points. There's a lot of them. I know. Well, it, here's the first question I was gonna say. There's been two hundred ninety three times that NBA players scored at least 50 points in a game. How many times have they scored at least 60 points in a game? Oof. 12. Tad? Closest gets 31. the point. 31. It's 30. Tad gets the point. Oh, he, went over. he went over. He went over. That's bullshit. He, he, no, he, no, didn't, say, doing, he didn't say who went closer, over. Who, who got That's not how Price is Right hey, works. This isn't the Price know, is Right. But- the price, price is wrong, right. bitch. Price is wrong. Okay, right. guys. Next question. Dude, 31. I just honestly pulled that number out of my ass. Wow, 12, Jay. <laughs> Fucking idiot. You're an idiot. Out of the 293. <laughs> I am. I won't argue that point. What was the best field goal percentage when someone scored at least 50 points? This is because, like, I mean, like, like Wilt probably did it on like eighty eight percent. Okay, I just wanna, I just, I just wanted to make sure now. we were still only going eighties. The best eighties now. Best field goal percentage. Jay, I'll go first mm-hmm. on this one since you went first on the last one. I'm gonna say sixty two percent. I'm gonna go seventy seven. Eighty three percent. What? Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Wow. He shot 83% from the field, scoring 54 points on January 31st, 2020 against the Chicago Bulls. Was that when he had oh, zero against assists? The Bulls. Uh, did he have any assists that game? I want to say he didn't. Uh, da, 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 da. He had five assists that game. Damn it. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, get the I mean, point. I went 62% because, like, that's what Brandon Jennings, you said about Brandon Jennings, but, like, <laughs> yeah. I honestly should have known better that, like, there's no way in hell Brandon Jennings is the most efficient 50 point scorer the league has no. ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. 
Um, all right, guys. Here's the next one. Out of the 293 times someone has scored at least 50 points, how many times did that player do it in a losing effort? Oh, sorry. Hold on. Go back. Out of all the times that people have scored 50 points, how many did they Out do it? Out of the 293s. All right. uh, 293 times happened since the 80s. How many times did the player do it in a losing effort? Hmm. I'm going to say 42. I'm going to say 94. 26. Jake is the point. I'm really? Yeah. yeah. 26 different times. You know how hard it is to lose when you fucking score 50? Jesus. Yeah. yeah. The person to score the... Here, let me see. Oh, can you guys guess the person to score the most points in a losing effort? I said, oh, because it's actually quite interesting who it is. Kobe. I think gives enough. Kobe. Kobe's big brother, Michael Jordan. Damn, for real? Michael Jordan scored 64 points on January 16, 1993 against the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Yeah. In the loss. Wow. Yep. Okay. All right. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Um, can you tell me who took or yeah, who? Because it's going to be something more recently. Who took the most three-point attempts in order to score at least 50 points? Kobe? Ted? Jamal Crawford? Who you got? <laughs> Is Jamal Crawford on the top? Jamal, Jamal Crawford's Crawford. not even top ten. No, uh, no. it is in fact Kobe. Kobe, uh, J- I, James Harden second. Kobe did it. Tw- took twenty one attempts to score sixty points. I honestly wow. just thought Jamal Crawford because like that's all Jamal Crawford did, and he scored like he's had like four or five fifty point games. So I want yeah. I wanted to say James Harden just based on knowing how he scores, but I was just like, ah, eh, I'll go with Kobe. I didn't like <laughs> Kobe. Kobe was obviously a really good answer when you said that. Like I didn't want to say the same answer as you. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know that I still would have said Kobe even if you hadn't said it, but like that that like when you said it, I was like, ah, yeah, like that's a good, that's a pretty good choice. All right, next. <laughs> what you got, Nikki? Uh, the last one I was going to do is who, how, what was the least amount of free throw attempts taken to score at least fifty points? This person shot one hundred percent from the free throw line while taking the least amount. Tad, I'll let you go first. Eight. Oof. I'm ugh, motherfucker. Uh, nine. Uh, Tad, you technically won. It's five. Damn it. Is that Corey? Is that Corey? Now, Corey? Uh, Corey? Uh, Corey Brewer? Corey Brewer? No. Here's here's the hint. I will give it to you. The date of the game was December eleventh, two thousand nineteen. Oh, Thompson. No. 50 point scores, 2019. Very few free throw attempts. Is it DeMar DeRozan? No. The, actually, the answer will surprise you. I'll, I'll give you one of those sort of bait. 2019. Fuck, man. Like, 2019. Chauncey Billups. The Chauncey Dukes. Cl- Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, it was what, a joke. Say? J- Jesus, Jay. <laughs> uh, it's the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Houston Rockets. Oh, so it's James Harden. James Harden. Yeah, scored fifty-five points. Only had five shot five free throws. Yeah. Oh um, wait, we talked. No, we, no I, we talked about this game. Yeah. Check the tapes. Mm. 
James. Oh boy. Oh, that's you right. know what? Yeah. One, one more actually. How many times has a player gotten at least ten assists while also getting at least fifty points? Thirteen. Four. Seven. Seven times. I honestly thought like James Harden has done it three times. Russell Westbrook. No, I'm sorry, four times. Russell Westbrook's done it once. Michael Jordan's done it once, and Tony Parker's done it once. I honestly mm-hmm. thought Russell Westbrook probably had done it five times himself. I'm uh, honestly <laughs> shook to know that he only did it once. I remember, I remember the season where him and James Harden were like back, back and forth as like who was going to be MVP. And I remember distinctively that James Harden had like multiple triple doubles with fifty points. Where it's just like, what yeah. the fuck are we watching? This is I remember that. Um, real quick, this you know what? Sorry, it's fun to do. So this will actually be the last one. Maybe I'll do no. This will be the last one. Most steals. So you had a very good defensive game on top of the fact that you also scored fifty. Chris Paul. No. We're getting uh, no. I just I just meant the number. Sorry. Seven. Oh, <laughs> most most steals. Uh, like yeah. five. Five is second place. First place is eight. Michael Jordan. I figured it was like when second. when it, when it wasn't Chris Paul. I figured it was probably Jordan, but like that was yeah. Well, the wildest thing is second place is a tie between Allen Iverson, James Harden, and Michael Jordan. Wow. And then third place, third place is James Harden twice and Michael Jordan. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got that wrong. And then also Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, and Michael Jordan a second time. Michael Jordan gets a lot of steals. That Michael Jordan was points. sure good at basketball. I can see that. Yeah, that man. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, can that I was ask fun, you guys. guys. A, a question. Would you guys, oh, wait real quick? Fun you, fact. Oh my god! What? Last fun fact. Sorry, I'm the worst. Every single player who scored 50 points started the game. That is actually an I'm interesting fact. Like that is actually a fun yeah. fact. Because like all 293 of them. Um, I have a question. Would you guys consider yourselves my friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think this hat looks stupid forwards? Yes. Yeah, it looks better backwards. Like, it looks really bad, right? It looks yeah. better backwards. I think, just, the, I think the brim is just too straight. Yeah, it looks better backwards. This is not good podcast. No, just, it's not. <laughs> it's, okay. it's not. It's a visual thing, it's but it's okay. It's not a good podcast. Uh, for the listeners, it looks really bad. In case you haven't had advice. Uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about something major that happened this season. Um, I learned in my podcast with Keith uh, about, I guess I knew about it. I never played it myself about the game boo Ray and how impactful it was in the NBA and how it caused much strife, many fights. And one in particular that basically ended Gilbert Arenas's career. Uh, this season, Gilbert Arenas, Javaris Critton and a couple other guys were playing boo Ray on a team plane. Um, an, an argument ensued because money was due. Gilbert Arenas threatened Javaris Crittenden and uh, came to the locker room with five guns. Um, one of them loaded and cocked and pointed it at Javaris Crittenden. Um, I thought he set them on. Oh, no, I, I thought right. I thought I thought Gilbert Arenas set his out and was like, "Pick one." I think you're right, and I think Javaris Crittenden pointed it at Gilbert Arenas. That's correct. Yes. Um, do you guys remember this? It seems like Tad does. Um, I I will say this: like this was incredibly disappointing. Um, 
that the wizards who thank god at the time they weren't called the bullets huh um that the wizards did this because they had a very promising team and it was torn apart by this incident that happened and i will say this gilbert arenas is known as a guy who like pulled shit like this throughout the majority Mm -hmm. of his career and still is like a jokester like he fucks around with nick young and his son and shit and like god damn it's hilarious 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 <laughs> but like no chill gill was legit no chill gill back in the day and yeah. like we talked about this in earlier episodes but like he was james harden before james harden and then he started to do this dumb shit and it ended his career um what do you guys remember about this i remember just being I, like <laughs> goddamn javar's critting in his hood as hell <laughs> bad like yeah like we we missed out on like adding Javar's Crinton into our all like I would never fuck with that guy list. Um, we did we we talked about it last week or was that like after the show was over? That was after the show. Yeah, I mean he's in prison for murder and drug trafficking, like like straight up like legit ass crimes. Like yeah, he's a, like yeah. he's a legit hood hood dude. Um, not great. I also didn't didn't Gilbert Arenas like take a shit in his shoe or something? Oh yeah, yes. Like he did I, that to Nick Young. I, I just remember being like, man, I don't know. There, there's uh, Number one, I was like, there's a lot I don't know about NBA locker room culture. <laughs> and yeah. number two, I remember being like, I don't understand this fucking card game they play, but Jesus Christ, this seems like maybe something they should stop really doing. That serious? Yeah. It's like, it, and it, it's funny too, because like they, you know, they talked about like the gambling and like, uh, the last dance podcast and like talked about how like Will Purdue and John Paxson and those guys would like sit at the front of the plane and not like not play any of the card games with, with like Michael because they would just bet like $2 hands or whatever. And Michael would be over there betting like, you know, five grand. And, and like you, 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 you like, you're like, like you guys just laughed and you're you're like watching the documentary. You're like, Oh, that's fucking crazy. Like, and why are we still doing this guy? Like, why, like, why, why y'all guys, why are you gambling on the planes together? It's it's (laughs) crazy. But, uh, I just remember being like, holy shit, man. Somebody about got shot up in a locker room. Like it was, I I don't even know how to explain my reaction. It was just insane. It was hilarious. Like I was like a freshman in college. So I was like, holy shit, this is like, what the fuck is going on? But like, it was actually very eye opening to like, I don't know. Just like shit you don't you don't think about. Like their player feuds are real and like to some degree they can potentially get deadly. They could go very, very wrong. When keeping it real it go goes right. wrong. Is an idiot. <laughs> yeah, when keeping it real goes wrong. It did not go well. Um no. yeah, it's uh it's a real stain because both Javaris Crinan and Gilbert Arenas get suspended for the duration of the season, which really derails like a, a period of time where the wizards were actually a competitive team in the Eastern conference. At this point, like it's pretty much over. Like Antoine Jameson's gone by this point, And like, I think Karan Butler's also gone at this point. So like the team's kind of like a shell of itself. Um, but like, yeah, it's just, you know, a bunch of nonsense. Then like Gilbert arenas, like signed that big ass contract and granted, like he was hurt a lot. So like didn't play through most of the contract, but like yeah. they, they used the amnesty on him and they, he basically never played again. Like, I think he signed with the Spurs nope, in Orlando nope, at nope, one point. Nope, 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 nope. The Orlando Magic amnestied him. We traded him for, uh, we traded Richard Lewis for him straight up. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, thanks, Ted. It's always good to have a Magic fan on the podcast. Uh, um, once in a while, man. Like, they're, they're relevant <laughs> enough that I can chime in and tell you something. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's disappointing. It was a it was a major stain on the league, and this was like years after like the league was like trying to clean itself up, and like this is one of those things that like furthered the narrative of like, well, 
you know, these dudes, they do crazy shit. They bring guns to locker rooms. You know? Yep. Um, in any case, it was, staying on his I, record. I, to some degree, it was like kind of the last moment oh, yeah. of like, I agree. Of like what, I hate using this term, but I don't know how else to describe it, but like the last moment of like the sort of like thuggish image of the NBA of the 2000s. Yeah, this and is like the I, last I want to be major clear. Incident. I'm not. I'm not referring to these people as thuggish. I'm saying that is the word that people use to describe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The nature of the <laughs> activities um, were unbecoming of these dudes. And yeah, to Taz's point, like this was like the last like major incident um, at this level, like where like violence ensued. Like this was like the last major incident, at least that I can recall. Um, yeah, from uh, from recent NBA memories. Now, next topic. I thought it'd be fun to talk about somebody who was an all-star this year who stood out as a, oh shit, I forgot that guy was an all-star all-star. And this week's pick is Chris Kamen. Chris Kamen, for those of you who don't remember, was the center, was drafted by the Los Angeles Clippers in the LeBron James draft, by the way. Um, was, I think, definitely top 10. I think he might have gone even seventh in that draft. Um Drafted by the Clippers, played for the Clippers for quite some time, and in this season of 2009-2010, made his one and only All-Star game, averaging 18-7 uh, and with 1.2 blocks. Uh, I was going to say I was gonna say 1.4 blocks. I was going to say 1.4. <laughs> Pretty good. I mean, he was good this season, right? Like, the, the team wasn't great, but uh, he was solid. Shot, like, 50% from the field. Um yeah, I mean, he was fine. Like, he was a big man. It wasn't a very big man late in Western Conference at that point in time. And uh, he put up stats. And this is the one and only season. Not Chris, Chris Kamen had a fine NBA career. But what do you guys remember about Chris Kamen? I, I, I honestly... Shit, shit. Really? <laughs> I low-key... I remember him being called the caveman. I remember... Like, I know his nickname is the caveman. I remember Chris Kamen just, like, as always, just, like, that guy. You're just like, oh, yeah, Chris Kamen, he's, like, pretty good. He averages, like, 12 and 8. Yeah. You know? He he was yeah, he's just like a big dude. Yeah, he uh, wasn't like a particularly great like defender. Like he didn't really do, but it was like it was like oh Chris Kamen, he's serviceable. Now I do have this one question. He had this big season, and obviously they had just drafted Blake Griffin, and Blake Griffin was sitting on the bench because he had microfracture surgery. Chris Kamen goes out and averages eighteen and eight, block and a half a game. You know he's feeling pretty good. Do you think at any point Chris Kamen was like? This is my team. <laughs> most, my team. most definitely, I will say this: like, I don't think Tad's I point, don't think he did. I think Chris Kamen was just like, "All right, cool, man. Uh, just a few, like, I'm uh, cash these few million dollars and just a little bit longer till I can go back to hunting season." <laughs> yeah, he was a country boy from Wyoming, Michigan. Didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, he went to uh, um, he went to Eastern Michigan. He was a Eastern Michigan and- Eagle, Central Michigan. Sorry, he was a Central Michigan Chippewa. 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 In Mount Pleasant, yes. Michigan, yes. where I have been, and let me tell you, ain't nothing pleasant about it. <laughs> Is it Mountie? It's not. Mountie? There's no, yeah. not mountainous at all. Boo. <laughs> I, I think to, to Tad's point, like, I do remember Chris came in on the Clippers. I also remember him on New Orleans for a period there where he was solid. Um, as a part, He was a part of that Eric Gordon trade that got Chris Paul to the Clippers. I remember um, him uh, fouling out against uh, while playing for the Lakers and the Lakers not having anybody else on the bench. And so he just, I remember him, <laughs> I remember him laying across the bench. 
Yes. Oh my god, I forgot about that. I remember That's him uh, when they had the when they had the lockout shortened season. I remember them asking him how he was doing, and him just being like, oh, "I've just been hunting. I got a freezer full of meat now." <laughs> I actually oh, hold on. Boy. As I said that, and I did that weird voice, I just realized. I don't think I've ever heard Chris Kamen talk. Like I have no <laughs> idea what his voice sounds like. That's, I, I don't either. I can't say I do either. Um, yeah. I mean, look, he, overall, if you look at his career, he was a net negative, like, and a lot mm-hmm. of that had to do with the teams that he was on, but like he could put, he could put the ball in the bucket pretty efficiently. He was a decent passer. Um, but yeah, not a great defender, like fine rebounder, but n- nobody like the all-star season was like clearly an outlier, but he had a nice long career. I mean, he was in the NBA for, let's see, what about 13 shit. Seasons. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the yeah. league for a while, um, you know what? It's also like you look at it. So I just, I, I pulled up his Wikipedia page just to look at it and he, it says he's German American. So I assume there's like, like his father or mother is like actually like full on German, um, or something, but like, dude, this guy being German American, like you look at Chris Kamen. Chris Kamen was born like, I don't know, a thousand years ago. That dude's a fucking <laughs> German warlord, you know, just like helping sack Rome. Like that's what he looks like. <laughs> just a barbarian. He does the leader of a barbarian horde. As like he does kind of look like the character that you give the giant club to, and like usually like Dungeons and Dragon type stuff. It's like here's a giant club. Just hit people on the head with it drag them by their legs just by their ankles uh, he chris came in I, I have this last thing to say about him fine nba career uh by all accounts seems like a pretty normal guy uh, he decided to enter the nba draft a year early so that he could fund a chicken farm in his home state of michigan <laughs> wow that's admirable you know what that's admirable. Yeah, very admirable hat tip to you Hat tip to you. Good job, Chris. Way to go, and, uh, buddy. Jay, I looked it up. He was picked sixth. Thank you. Sixth overall. Um, next topic. Um, this was the season that Kevin Durant became the youngest scoring champion in NBA history. At the age of 21, Kevin Durant averaged 30.1 points per game while shooting 90% from the free throw line with an effective field goal percentage of 51% and shot 35% from three. Oh, no, wait. 37 36.5 from three um was incredible youngest scoring champ in history ended up winning four scoring titles um this was the, this was the first of three of three consecutive yeah. correct yes he went on a run there um where he was the greatest scorer in the league um of course we'll talk about this in, in coming seasons ends up winning an mvp 10-time all-star to date a, a phenomenal career and i in my opinion when his career is over, I think Kevin Durant will be seen as the greatest scorer in NBA history. Yeah, pure scorer. Yeah, he can. He can shoot from every every part of the floor. I mean, literally, he's a he's a he can score at all three levels. Mm-hmm. He can get to the basket at will. He's incredibly athletic. Now, still remains to be seen what happens after this Achilles injury. I happen to feel like he's going to come back just fine. Um, I have nothing to base that on i just just a gut feeling there have been athletes recently like like nfl ball. players and that sort of thing that have come back from what was previously thought to be like an uncome back yeah. i don't even know how to describe that like what that word is but like an injury like this uh like the achilles tear yeah. i i think i think he'll be okay yeah and he's got yeah, a different frame, he's got a different body frame than like demarcus cousins demarcus cousins is a much bigger dude and it's a lot harder to come back from from that when you're that big um 
uh, although they are arguably the same height. So who fucking knows? But in any case, um, where on your list of all time great players would you have Kevin Durant as of today based on his career? This is, go ahead. I'd say top 15. He's a very good player. It's a hard question. Really, he can shoot so well. If he just, He's if, such a good scorer. If he just stayed in Oklahoma City and would have continued to do what he was doing, even if he didn't win a championship there, I'd probably easily put him top 10. But right now, I don't know, top 20, top 25. The, oh, the, the, the stuff in, in, in Golden State hurts him. Yeah, it does. Hell yeah, man. It's easy for you to score 30 a game in, 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 uh, Golden, uh, in Golden State. When you got, yeah. When everybody else around you is a threat to score, I'm not taking anything away from his ability to put the ball in the basket because I do agree with you that I think he is probably the best pure scorer the league has ever seen, ever. But yeah, but yeah. There, that, no like question. that that stint, it tarnishes the legacy. It takes something away, and I I, I hate to do that because like I think Kevin Durant is a phenomenal basketball. I you know I don't think that I know that Kevin Durant is a phenomenal basketball player, but I'm like. Eh, I kind of like, honestly, I'm reserving judgment until he comes back and plays with Brooklyn. Yeah. I think like to your point, the, 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 okay, or the, the golden state period definitely hurts and tarnishes that legacy a bit. There's no doubt that he was the best player on that team. And really like when they beat LeBron the first time he went at LeBron and outplayed him the entirety yeah. of that series. There's no question about it. Um, He's basically a 50, 40, 90 guy for his career, just about, which is, which is rare. Like in a season is rare, let alone to have that be basically your career. Numbers. You know what? I'm taking a step um, back. Hold on. Kevin Durant is a top 15 NBA player. I do not care. 100. I know. I yeah. know that he played in, 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 in golden state. I do think that time still tarnishes his legacy, but that said, I mean, he's unbelievable. 100%. I, I, I agree. I think he's definitely top 15. He might even be a little bit, he's probably a little bit higher than 15. Um, but yeah, it just, his resume is like, it's, it's, it's impossible to argue the greatness. Like he's to, I mean, yeah, we've said it enough at this point. It's the greatest pure scorer of all time. I'd really like to see him come back in Brooklyn and like make a real push for a championship. Me too. If he can do that, if he can do that, you're, I mean, you're talking about Giannis who can score from anywhere. That's what he is. Like in Golden State, there was those two years that he was there while well, he was there for three years. But two of those years that he was there, like he was up for defensive player of the year consideration. Like later in the season, it definitely went away. Yeah. And granted, it definitely helped that Draymond was there. But like he has been a good defender. He has been a phenomenal scorer. He's been an MVP, rookie of the year, 10-time All-Star, four-time scoring champ. Like his resume is Two-time finals MVP. Incredible. Two-time finals MVP, two-time champion. It's really hard to combat that that legacy. I think to Tad's point, had he stayed in OKC and just gotten one versus getting the two in Golden State. I don't even care if he, I don't even, I didn't, I didn't care if he got any, frankly. I'm what I'm saying is I think if he stays in OKC and him and Russ get one, I think you're talking about a top ten player of all time. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. But we'll never know. Alas. All right. Oh, well, let's I move mean, on. if he whoops ass in Brooklyn, he might. Totally. God damn it. Like how fucking bullshit. How much did that did him go into Golden State just kind of fuck the league as a whole? Fuck you, Kevin really Durant. Yeah. You really soft did. ass really bitch. Did. Kevin Durant what, is soft as hell. Years? Dude, go fucking tweet at me from one of your fucking burner accounts. You don't even know who I am, but like, you know. 
you know, daddy knows. I just it it frustrates me. I and I also really want to like him. I just can't. He's so whiny. He's such a baby. Yeah, yeah, he is. He cries a lot. Um. So last week we talked about LeBron winning his first MVP, and wouldn't you know it, guys? He won it again this year. He done did it again. Now this team, I would argue that this team was not as talented as the team from the year prior. Um, I, 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 th- I feel pretty confident in saying that. Um, of course, to Nikki's point in the rundown of the season, they did trade for Shaq, which was a weird trade. And Shaq wasn't bad, but this was like 37-year-old Shaq. I mean, this is a guy yeah. who's like on his last leg, very much so. And this year, Boston comes back. Kevin Garnett is healthy again. And unfortunately, the Cavaliers lose in the semifinals, four to two to the Celtics. Um, what do you guys remember about this team? What do you guys remember about the storylines around this Cleveland Cavaliers team and this playoff run? Uh, I remember thinking, God damn, they should have gotten Amari Stoudemire. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, if I remember mistaken, the entire time it was just like, LeBron needs help. Even while they were in the playoffs, they're like, boy, LeBron really needs yeah, help. Always. Because it's, it's just LeBron's show. You know what I'll tell you that I, I mean, remember about? They, they, were, they were starting Anthony Parker. So. They were. He yeah. stinks. Was stunk. Actually, he was a fine player. Average like ten points and four assists for his career. Um, let me say this: not good enough though for a fucking playoff team. No, their second best player was Mo Williams. And Mo, Mo, Mo Williams, Williams had a fucking career year though. He averaged like eighteen a game. Oh yeah, but like yeah, that's not who. You, they, they, if Mo Williams is your second option, yeah, in trouble. No. You are not. Doing I don't care good. if no, Jesus Christ Himself is your first option. If Mo Williams is your second option, you're in trouble. Now. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I remember most about this team? I remember thinking, God damn, they need to get LeBron some help because I really want a puppet NBA Finals and we didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> those, those Nike puppet commercials with Kobe and LeBron were funny as hell. And obviously, yeah, I, love them. I was rooting for Orlando to beat LeBron. I did not want LeBron to get to the finals. I wanted Orlando to get there again. But like, God damn, LeBron. Goddamn, David or Denny Ferry, get the motherfucking guys some more talent so that the puppets can play each other in the finals. Instead, <laughs> we're watching these puppet commercials and we're like, this is dumb as hell because they're playing the fucking Celtics again. You should have made a fucking puppet of Kevin Garnett. You can't do that though because he was sponsored by Adidas. I digress. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, yeah it's that, that team was just, I mean, yeah, you know, like you just, you, ah, fuck. I don't know, man. It's also what's what's interesting is like there's been a narrative that's been created about LeBron the last couple of years, and like him going to the Heat very much was reminiscent of like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors at the time, where it's like I can't believe he did this. He fucking ran to go play with his boys, but like when you look at his first stint with the Cavaliers, they were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference on multiple occasions, and he was dragging. A, a, a roster that was essentially a carcass like the the snl sketch where it's like lebron and all those dudes and they're like i take out his laundry i do his yeah. dry cleaning we even hired a Roomba to be our shooting guard like that shit was real dude like for the <laughs> longest time in lebron's career like the best they could do the best they could do for him was mo williams and a 37 year old shack oh no, like, no 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 a 35 year old antoine jameson don't forget about antoine jameson of course they got Antoine, but like for a long period there, like they just, 
They got Antoine Jameson instead of Amari Sotomayor because they wouldn't trade fucking J.J. Hickson. My God. That was so dumb. That was a huge Not Not a smart decision. No. He was like – yeah, I gotta look like up a, how much it's, AJ it's like Hickson. A statistical darling, where everybody's like, "Yo, this guy like he was like one of those like advanced stats guy." Was like, "Yo, if we give him more minutes, like this guy projects to be a 2010 guy, and it just never happened." JJ Hickson was a guy that you hope turns into Amari Sotomayor. Amari Sotomayor is Amari Sotomayor. <laughs> so yeah. that season, JJ Hickson uh, averaged eight and a half points, 0.5 blocks, 0.4 steals, 0.5 assists, and 4.9 rebounds. That a boy, JJ. You know what? Yeah, they, they he also sign, shot fifty-five percent from the field. They did sign NBA champion Leon Poe, and and Jamario Moon. Also, Jamario Moon. They also mm. had George Carl's son on the roster, so like you know, little uh, little help there from a champion level coach. Yeah, I mean, this team was trash. They had early Danny Green before Danny Green became who he was. Um, Dude, I'm looking at this roster. Holy fucking hell. This team stinks. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, they're fucking terrible. Not good. And and this is the thing I think a lot of people that are LeBron stands, like, this is what they point back to. It's like, he got no help from his front office when he was in Cleveland. They made the worst worst moves. The worst moves for his entire period there. Until he came back, it was just bad move. Danny Ferry, bad move after bad move after bad move. Yeah, Danny Um, Ferry, known racist, by the way. Um, Also that. Hey, um, they they made, I mean, look, they made a run for it. They win game one, win game two. Then they go on a three game losing streak or pardon me, a two game losing streak uh, and then lose game six by a lot. The one thing I'll remember from this series is there's that camera following LeBron into the locker room and he takes off his Jersey and it's the big, like he's becoming a free agent. Is this a sign that he's leaving? He's taking off his jersey. He can't perform in big games. Blah, blah, blah. And, of course, we know what happens next, but we'll cover that next season. Uh, but yes. I do remember that being, like, a major storyline around oh, yeah. this series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Took his jersey mm-hmm. off. People were like, yeah. well, it's over. Dude, fucking Shaq was their 12th leading scorer. They had three centers. They had Anderson Verjao, Shaq, and Zadrunas Elgowskis. This yeah. team yeah. sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> God, you know, the best, the the most memorable part of Shaq from that season was Kevin Hart recorded a special in Cleveland that year. LeBron James and Shaq were there, and he was just being made fun of by Kevin Hart. It was the best thing about that season also, for Shaq. Also, fuck it was it, just that miss special. Me, miss me with your LeBron can't play in the finals bullshit, because I know that was a take at the time. In the 2009-2010 Playoffs. I meant. I said finals. I meant playoffs. In that season, he played in eleven games. He shot fifty percent from the floor, forty percent from three, which is up of uh, higher than his normal career numbers. He scored twenty nine points a game, two blocks, two steals, eight assists, nine boards. Fuck out of here with your LeBron kid. He shot seventy three percent from the from the free throw line. So, like, geez, that's not that great. Everything could have done a little better there. Like, holy fucking hell. It, I cannot, I hate fucking people that badmouth LeBron. They're like, we should be a bit Jordan. Jordan, six rings, six rings. Fuck off, dude. I don't like LeBron. I think he's kind of a jackass. He's an unbelievably talented basketball player, and he's the second greatest player to ever play the game, arguably the first. You can make an argument for him for being the greatest of all time. 
And if you can't see that and you're just blinded by your hatred for LeBron and your fucking dick sucking of Michael Jordan, I feel sorry for you because you're missing out on greatness every time he steps on the floor. I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would also say, too, something that I've come to appreciate, especially as of late, about LeBron James is he has been an activist and, and very vocal about um, totally all sorts of issues around the U.S., not China, of course, but uh, <laughs> every anything that happens in the U.S., um, he is willing to go. China. He's willing to go after people, which I've always I, I've always respected, or definitely come to respect even more so now. Um, all right, last topic of the night. This is definitely our longest episode in a long time, uh, probably since the NBA season preview episode. Um, the Lakers and Celtics meet once again in the finals, and this series was highly contested, highly competitive. Um, goes seven games back and forth. Lakers, Celtics, Lakers, Celtics, Celtics, Lakers. Game seven. This was a very, very competitive series. Of course, we talked about this before. Kendrick Perkins goes down in this series and really hurts the Celtics' chances uh, of winning in Game Seven. Although they nearly snuck it out, except our friend Meta World, friend of pandas, our test. Sinks a three-point shot on a broken play and basically ices the game. And the Lakers win 83-79. Kobe, pa- and Meta Kobe, World Kobe Peace- passed me the ball. Kobe never passed me the ball. Kobe passed me the ball. It was incredible. Meta World Peace has one of the greatest. And if you guys Not one of. It is the greatest. It might be the greatest post-game. <laughs> it's the greatest post-game interview ever. Um, it, it's just... It's incredible. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up here. It's it's just so it's just great. It's just fantastic. Um, give me a second. <laughs> That was the highlight of the interview. Um, <laughs> I missed the part where he's like, Kobe, pass me the ball. It was just it's so great. It is a minute long. Um this I think the one thing that, that Doris mentioned, which was really interesting, is the Celtics played really well against Kobe in this series. After after playing against him in 2008, they kind of figured out how to defend him. And this is one of the greatest defensive teams in recent memory. Um and by this time in their series, he basically went from like scoring Kobe to like, I'm going to dominate this game on the boards. And that's like, that's what he did. Like he didn't have a great game seven. Like if we pull up the stats here, which I'll pull them up here in a second, he really dominated the game from the boards, which was so crazy to hear about a guy in Kobe Bryant, who was like, you know, a a few years removed from scoring 81 in a game. Um, he had 15 rebounds. Yeah, I 23 mean, points. Dominated the board. Excuse in that me. Game. Excuse me. My name's Bill Simmons, and I'm going to talk about how Kobe only shot eight of 24 from the floor that game. Six of 24. Whatever. Six of 24. <laughs> oh, the most overrated NBA Finals appearance in NBA history. 
I'm Bill Simmons, and I think billionaires should pay for their own fucking stadiums. Fuck, dude, that's he brought that up for years afterwards. Probably still does. He probably jacks off to the fact that Kobe shot six of twenty-four from the fucking finals, even though the Celtics lost. Bill Simmons sucked ass. Yeah, uh, dude. Yeah, Kobe took a ton of shots. They, if you if, if people were, like people shit. like criticize, yeah, nobody shot well that game. It was the final score was eighty-three to seventy-nine. Yeah, but the best shooter was Kevin Garnett, eight for thirteen. Everybody else is trash. Yeah, what were you gonna say, Tad? I was you just gonna butt. say, like, dude. Yes, of course, Kobe's gonna go down guns blazing. Of course, he's gonna shoot nonstop. Of course, he's gonna try to will this. This like he's going to try to win this game. So he was six to twenty four. Big fucking deal. You know what Kobe did? Kobe was so good that he found ways to influence the game in other ways, and he went and got rebounds. He played tough defense. Is a gritty, gutsy performance by that team overall. I watched yeah, it with my cousins. I mean, Shout out Marcus and Curtis who both listen to this podcast. Uh, we it was it was great. We and we had to we had to watch it on delay. I can't remember why. We had to watch it on delay. Like we had we had we had t- recorded it, and like I literally had to turn myself my flip phone off. So I had a fucking flip phone at the time. That's how long ago that was. Yeah. I had to turn my phone off so people I wouldn't get any texts about the game. Cause like we were like, and we were obviously fast forwarding, but like we were still so far behind. This is the most tense. And I was rooting hard, hard for the Lakers. I hated those Celtics teams. I hate Kevin Garnett. <laughs> I do to this day. It's not great. I can't say that. I've, I've never once rooted for the Lakers and I never will. I was, I was hard in the paint for the Celtics. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was on the Celtics side. And that uh, never, I've never, ever rooted for the Lakers. Never could. Um, but yeah, this was a very hard fought series. I did want to say something. Throughout this series, if there's anything that I've taken away from this, and it also helped like watching the last dance and seeing like how truly tough it was for them to win that many championships. It is, in my opinion, so incredibly hard to win an NBA championship. And what I mean by that is like, I'm not talking about as an individual player. I'm not saying as an individual, I'm saying as a team to keep a team together uh, and also to make the run through the playoffs successfully and come out on top is incredibly difficult. You look at this Celtics team on paper and for this three year stretch, it would not have surprised me if they had walked away with three championships during this period. And for a variety of reasons and a couple rolls of the dice and a couple of off chance things. And we talked about the same thing with the magic and the Suns and the Kings and a variety of teams during this period where like a couple bounces here and there go the wrong way and it's over. And it's just, it's been really interesting to see these teams that like should have won a championship on paper could have won a championship on paper or minus a couple bounces or plus a couple bounces. And it just, it's incredibly difficult. And I think like I've come to appreciate these teams that are able to win multiple championships even more, despite the fact that their rosters are like, like this golden state team, right? Like it's tough. Even if your roster is that incredibly stacked, it is, it's still tough to play an entire NBA season and playoffs and come out on top. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, when they lost to the Cavs, Shit's hoard. It's tough. Yeah, I know they won seventy three games that season. I'm not. I'm not making a joke. Yeah, but if it was so it's hard, just, how come Robert Ori has seven? <laughs> and Bill right right and Bill Russell right has eleven, right and Larry Bird has three, and Michael has six, and LeBron has three or four, or however many he has these days. Three, I think. What is Le- LeBron three and six in the finals? Uh, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, three and five. Right, eight straight years to play in, into the championship. 
I think it's eight. Yeah. I think you made it eight straight years. Right? LeBron so three and five. Finals record. Finals record, yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Six. He's three and six. Three and six. You forgot, brother. Oh, forgot right. The Cavs, the Cavs, the Cavs. The Cavs against That's the right. Spurs. You're right. I forgot about yep. that one. We just talked about that. Dude, like I hate ago. when people are like, well, oh, Jordan yeah. Jordan never lost in the finals. Motherfucker, LeBron went to nine. Nine. Yeah. Won three of them. And he dragged some of the – that Cavs team that he took in 2006. 2006, is that right? Terrible. Yeah. 2007, yeah. Two, whatever. 2007. 2007. He dragged that team kicking and screaming to that NBA finals. For sure. For sure. He scored 24 straight points in a game against the Pistons. You are right. It is difficult as hell to win a championship. People stop shitting on LeBron. He's a fucking incredible basketball player. If you do this, you're, you're an asshole. So, yep, that is true. Well, guys, this is our longest episode in a long time. So I think we should probably mm-hmm. wrap it up, shall we? Uh, let's plug and let's get out of here. <laughs> you know, you bitch and moan about like the order of the go for, and you fuck, you zone out. Pay attention, man. We're almost done. I was waiting. You. You look so good to me. <laughs> and it's not even right. I, I know. <laughs> and you, you can, I'm actually a much better singer than that. I just was trying to be obnoxious. You can follow me on Twitter at Tad Hall underscore. You can also follow me on Instagram at Tad dot Hall. That is Tad period Hall on Instagram and Tad Hall underscore on Twitter. You can follow me at Nikki Palooza. All right, the rebrand, respect it. Uh, and you can follow me at J underscore Kilos on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow NBA at NBA Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, don't forget to give the podcast a five star rating review. We greatly appreciate it. Make sure and check out the last couple mini shows that we've done, and go ahead and check out all the episodes that we've done recently. We've been going through a lot of different seasons. If you want to get nostalgic, want to re- revisit some of the seasons from your youth, or maybe if you were in your thirties, I don't know the demographic of this podcast. Spotify tells me it's summer between 21 and 34 so i would assume that this era that we're talking about resonates with you because you were in your teen slash college years at the time uh make sure and give it a listen also as we've talked about before check out uh, supportchicagobars.com uh for the next two weeks we'll be focusing on supporting uh black owned businesses black owned restaurants and bars throughout the chicagoland areas and uh black owned uh pardon me uh black uh, supportive black organizations helping the cause uh to support black lives black lives matter for Tad, for Nikki, for Jay. This has been NBA, and we are out. See you. Fuck 12.